Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. On today's episode, Liz and I welcome Dr. Ashley LeBaron Black to the show, and we dive into a deep discussion about managing money in marriage, including financial attitudes and behaviors, and why money can be such a touchy topic in relationships. Dr. Ashley LeBaron Black is an assistant professor of family life at Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah. She received her PhD in family studies and human development from the University of Arizona. Her research focuses on family finance, including finances in couple relationships and financial socialization. Ashley has published over 50 peer-reviewed articles and is an associate editor for the Journal of Family and Economic Issues. She is chair of the Family Financial Wellbeing Focus Group for the National Council on Family Relations. We hope you enjoy the show. friends, welcome to another episode of the Stronger Marriage Connection. I'm Dr. Dave here at USU alongside Dr. Liz Hill, our licensed clinical psychologist. And we are bringing you the best guests, the best research, the best resources and tips and tools helping you to have the marriage of your dreams. Okay, Liz, super excited, super excited about our guest today. We're talking about a, an important topic. Uh, it always seems to be a, a hot topic. Yeah, she's an expert. So she's a Brigham Young University, a professor, assistant professor down there. She is an expert about managing money and finances and specifically with couple relationships. So Dr. Ashley LeBaron Black, welcome to Stronger Marriage Connection. Thank you so much. It's a privilege to be here chatting with you guys today. Okay, so I've got to ask you. So, and I've done a little bit of research in this, and, and several years ago, a newlywed study and it, money, right? It was this debt brought into marriage. It was this talking about finances. It was savings or or debt or credit cards. So, most of the research that I've seen, it, it, when it comes to struggles, this idea, this topic of money and finances, and this fighting about this this money, it tends to be in the top, you know, three to five areas of, of problem areas and relationships. And in some couples, it, it's right, right up there. It's number one as far as the, the struggles, the challenges that couples deal with, the things that they're fighting about. So what's going on, Ashley? And why is this such a, a hot topic for many couples? Great question. So of course, money can be stressful. And we know from research that it is important that couples have enough to meet their needs and a little bit extra. But after that, it's not actually the money itself and how much couple has that makes the difference for their relationship. So there's deeper things going on. It's it's not the money. It's what the money represents and symbolizes, which 
is trust, interdependence, intimacy, values, communication, power, and equal partnership, kind of these underlying things that are really hard to, to do well and, and uh, you know, bring together from two different people in a marriage. And so I think money is just one of those top things that really brings out those deeper issues that, that a lot of couples struggle with. Oh, I like this. I've always heard that money is power. Ashley, by the way. Yes. Okay. Say, what else is it again? Intimacy, you said. Intimacy? What were yeah, you intimacy, it, trust, um, selflessness, um, communication, values. Money's tied to all these things. So, so when couples are fighting about money, it's usually not about the money itself, but kind of these, these underlying relational dynamics. Yeah, I was telling you and Dave before we got on that I had gone to the the gardening store, the nursery to replace some plants that the deer had obliterated this past winter because they were so hungry. And I wasn't really sure what I was going to get, but I came home with kind of a truck full, a big truck full, and my husband said, "I didn't know you were getting a a forest, right? I didn't know we were buying a forest." And I didn't really know either, but then then I bought a few other things for the yard and before I knew it, I had my husband saying, I feel like I just live here. You're, you're kind of acting a little single. So, you know, I never realized that I was just forging ahead. I had a mission. I wanted to get it done. I had not really fully communicated. There was not a lot of trust that was being built or intimacy. And I was being a little on the selfish side. Selfish, yes. Yeah, selfish. So. Yeah, all those things. And I heard like interdependence, I think, probably plays a factor in that too. Kind of this ongoing struggle that a lot of couples have, which kind of the the fight between like being an independent person wanting to make your own decisions but realizing that you're not just a lone person you guys are tied to each other and that comes with a lot of you know, compromise and working together and yeah yeah well said well you we know that there's family financial um socialization right or actually let me ask a different question if you don't mind your research has explored some of the money habits and styles of managing money and we all have them it sounds like and, but what about our family backgrounds, how we grew up? How does that relate it to how we manage finances today in marriage with another party? Uh, yeah, the short answer would be a lot. It, it influences it a lot. And there's, uh, yeah, different factors to that. Uh, on one level, it is financial socialization. So just how well did your parents teach you about money? How you know, how healthy are your financial behaviors? How confident are you at managing money? Can, are you capable of doing that well? But then in, in addition to, you know, just being a good money manager is also, again, those underlying like values about money that are often picked up in families and in, you know, different backgrounds. And so, um, yeah, couples come into marriage with uh, what we call money scripts, which is, you know, just the scripts that they've learned about money and what money is for and how money should be thought about and handled. And and so when those uh, backgrounds were not identical, which there, you know, there's usually some differences, at least uh, that can cause, you know, even it to be even harder than it is for just anyone. Yeah. Uh, it is power. It is powerful. All right. And difficult. I can see complicated. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the, the habits and the styles? So some of us is maybe one's a saver, one's a spender. Yes, that's like stuff. the typical like categories that, and it's really common for a spender and a saver to marry each other. Um, and so, yeah, that's, you know, that's going to come into play in terms of, again, those underlying things like 
interdependence is going to be harder to achieve when you guys are different in that way, or trust is going to be harder to keep if, if you're not being respectful about, um, you know, financial behaviors or boundaries that you've set together. Um, it's going to be harder to build trust and healthy communication if you feel like you're um, in conflict with each other. Um, and, and one thing we, we've learned about the research uh, or in the research about this is, and this is true for any you know, issue or conflict in a marriage is to make sure that instead of seeing each other as the problem, which we know is is really common with spenders versus savers, you know, they see each other as the problem, but instead um, trying to think of the problem as the problem and you two as a team and how can we together um, solve this problem together and, you know, work through this together um, you know, it's not your partner that's the problem. It's this this issue you have together, and they're actually on your side. Mm, that's really, really beautiful. So it wasn't my fault, Dave, going to the nursery and spending yeah. all that money on new plants, right? That's right. It was the fact <laughs> I didn't. I didn't communicate, right? I wasn't. Yes. I didn't take the time to say, "Oh, guess what? I'm at the nursery. Can I show you some pictures?" That I think this is going to be more than I thought. Yes, exactly. So instead of you two, yeah, getting after each other, seeing like thinking through your process of, oh, like, yeah, so that this problem doesn't arise in the future. Like, should we have a spending limit where like if it's more than this, we should talk about it first or, you know, kind of working together uh, to avoid uh, conflict. Yeah, well said. So the family financial socialization, socialization, that's really a mouthful here. That even predicts mental health outcomes in this emerging adulthood. This is something that you have, have said, Ashley. Can you tell us more about that? What does that mean exactly? Family financial socialization. Yeah, for sure. So uh, that just means how and what parents teach their kids about money. So it's it's how kids learn to manage money and, and think about money. And uh, of course, you can imagine that that matters a lot down the road financially, that if kids aren't taught well about money, if they have no idea what they're doing, um, you know, they could make devastating financial choices that are going to, you know, really impact their life. But we've also found connections from how well their parents taught them about money to, like you said, their mental health, um, in the you know 18 to 30 year olds uh, and romantic relationship success. So um, yeah, I'm really passionate about parents teaching kids about money well because it's it's really not even just about the money, which you know of course in and of itself is an important and necessary facet of life, but it impacts all sorts of other areas of life too. Hmm. I I love this. Um, I'm just envisioning now people listening into right into this right now and they're thinking okay yeah there is kind of this this issue it feels almost like actually sometimes that okay so sexual intimacy and money it just feels like that those two areas are sometimes just the it's just easier to avoid it right to kind of to not talk about it and just kind of see what happens because it's it's uncomfortable for a lot of people would you agree yes i think it's uncomfortable like on a societal level like those are kind of the two like taboo topics that people don't like talking about, but even in our like marriages, right? Which should be ideally very comfortable, vulnerable, open space. Those two topics are still hard to talk about. Um, and so I think, I think implications of that is that we need to get better talking about it 
you know, outside of marriage, like in society, become more comfortable, um, you know, with education on these topics and just not, uh, you know, shame, uh, getting rid of shame around these topics and being open about them, but also uh, helping couples feel, um, you know, have, have the tools that they need relationally to navigate those two topics well. Um, and again, I think sex is similar to money in that it's often about underlying things. It's how much, uh, how, you know, selflessness and trust and vulnerability. Uh, so yeah, I think money and sex kind of have that in common that they're, they're hard to talk about, but, um, when they're done well, they can, um, and when couples are vulnerable and really put effort into working through them well, it can be a huge blessing for their relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Now you've, you're dedicating your, your life, your career really to um, studying, you know, finances and how that impacts couple relationships and parent child, all of that. Can you tell us more about what you've discovered in your research as it relates to, um, you know, financial attitudes, behaviors, um, communication, even perceptions as they relate to relationships and, and relationship outcomes? Yes, I could go on and on. So I'll try to just keep it brief and mention a few things. Um, so obviously how couples manage their money matters for their relationship. Having healthy financial habits and being responsible with money, you know, avoiding debt, even though I said at the beginning that income doesn't matter after a certain extent, but debt hugely matters. Debt is so destructive to marriages. Um, and But also... Uh, again, how couples think about money. So as an example, materialism uh, has consequences for marriage. We've seen that people who are really high in materialism and care a lot about money and possessions and appearances tend to have less satisfying marriages. Um, so just, you know, being aware of, of that, um, but also... Um, also how you think about each other, uh, you know, like we talked about savers and spenders, uh, you know, people can choose to intentionally think well of their spouse um, in that regard and not see their spouse as a problem. Um, financial deception, some researchers call it financial infidelity, which again, sounds kind of like sexual infidelity, uh, similar where we've seen that be really destructive for marriage, you know, the hiding of money or purchases, you know, just not being fully open and honest with each other about money is um, a big red flag, a, a danger for couples. Um, those are just some that come to mind. We'll be right back after this brief message. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, 
follow us on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else you listen. And we're back. Well, let's dive right in. Excellent points. That financial infidelity. Yep, I see it in my practice. Um, I'm sure there's there's all all these money money matters have to have some kind of connection. I bet to not only just power, but gender and roles and responsibilities. Ashley, what if what have you learned in your studies all these these years? Please. Yes. So absolutely, it does. Um, yeah, we've done some research into this, and basically, the bottom line that we found is that equal partnership in money management is super important for like individual well-being of both partners, but also for the success of their relationship um, or marriage. So some examples of what that would look like is um, even, uh, well, some studies find that um, having some, uh, both partners having some outside income is empowering to them. Um, but certainly no matter what couples, uh, you know, situation is in terms of employment, it seems like having joint bank accounts and totally pooling money and, you know, thinking of it as our money is really important. Um, Managing money as a team uh, has great outcomes instead of one person kind of being the money person, but, but really seeing that as a joint effort that you, that you do together and are both responsible for. Um, And, yeah, you, you know, even financial decision making that that's a, a team effort. So so in all of all of money management, it we really find that 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 teamwork, that equal partnership is empowering for both of them and creates the environment for trust and intimacy and communication and partnership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's tricky. Not everybody has joint accounts. A lot of couples really fight me on that. They just say it's yeah. not going to go well, right? I want my own money, and he wants his own money. And yep, yep. And I think some of the reasoning for that, I mean, it's becoming a more popular uh, way to do things. I think, you know, especially as kind of people tend to get married a little later these days, they tend to keep their finances separate. And, um, you know, and it just, I, I understand that it's scary to, to merge finances, but um, so I think the reason a lot of people don't is trust issues, um, but really to have, um, you know, if, if people want a trusting, intimate, vulnerable relationship, you have to act like you're in one. So, um, yeah, I, I encourage most people to, to really do that as well. Yeah. Okay, Ashley. So let me ask, just ask you, I can, again, I'm envisioning our listeners right here and they're saying, oh man, yes, I could relate. And yes, this is hard and be on the same page or I feel like I do it all. And this, you know, my partner doesn't, what are some concrete practical tips or tools that you could share with individuals, couples who are listening? Yeah. So I'd say, uh, one would be if you don't have joint bank accounts, like get each other on, you know, each other's bank accounts. If one of you is kind of the money person in the family and only one of you really knows what's going on, set aside some time to, to fix that and, and develop habits like uh, budgeting, you know, at least once a month together where you sit down and kind of go through it all together. Um, decide on like couple rules that you have. So for example, like we talked about a spending 
limit where if it's above a certain amount, you have to talk to each other about it first. Just things that will help you both be involved and have roles that will create an environment of respect and trust um, so that so that you don't have to feel like each other's the enemy or be worried about it. Um, and then for couples who are really uh, struggling to, you know, if, if money is a consistent source of conflict for couples, therapy, right? That's like always the answer. Uh, a marriage and family therapist, or there's kind of a new branch of marriage and family therapy called financial therapy that I think is awesome. They're trained um they kind of have like three areas of training, mental health, um, like couple relationships, the marriage and family side and finances. So they help people understand like their own like financial background and habits and why they have those. And it helps them, you know, work together in a couple relationship to you know, work through things and, um, and to be financially healthy together. So it kind of gets it, all these interconnected pieces of that, um, and I think could be really helpful for some people. And who's teaching finance? It's called financial therapy. Did I get that right? Yes. Um, so Kansas State has actually been like the major, uh, the first program is Kansas State. But um, like there's, uh, you know, if you Google like financial therapists, it's it's a growing field um, with people available for, you know, to help. So, hmm. Well, I'm so glad to know that. It's yeah. very cool. We love to ask all of our guests this one question. So, Dr. Ashley LeBaron Black, what in your mind, what is the key to a stronger marriage connection, please? Oh, that is a great question. And if I had to pick only one thing, um, I would probably bring it back to that teamwork. That if, you know, if two people can come together, really see each other as partners and have that deep respect for each other, and then act in respectful, loving ways to each other. There's a lot that can be overcome. So we're working, working together to build that uh, respect and, and partnership. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I love, I love that. that. Thank you. And now actually you have a, um, a website we were talking about earlier before, before um, we jumped on it, information, more tools and, and tips for, for people. Where, what do you recommend where they go? Yes. So this, yeah, has been something we've been working on. The website is lebaron-black.com. And uh, yeah, I have really great research assistants at BYU who um, write like almost like blog posts. They're really digestible, pretty short, um, but we wanted to focus on takeaways based on the research. So they're, they're all based on, you know, groundbreaking, you know, research results that we found, but, but most people do not want to go read a 35 page journal article and get into all the statistics about it. So we wanted to spread the word about research findings, um, in this area, uh, but in a way that was easy for people to understand and apply. So we have information for couples, uh, for parents trying to teach kids about money for emerging adults, trying to learn about finances and be financially healthy and independent. Um, so yeah, that, that would be a great place. People can subscribe for free. Of course, it's all for free um, to get a monthly email about like updates of new, uh, new findings to go check out. So yeah. Oh. The Baron dash black. Yeah. yeah dot com. com. Is that what is it? Is okay. Yeah. And we'll put mm -hmm. that in the, in the show notes as well for our listeners so they can go and visit that. 
because you mentioned um, you mentioned something there that I that I just want to touch on and get your take on this because I think that you're you're nailing it and that short these short little bits and pieces. What we found at Utah Marriage Commission is we've done conferences and even extension type of conferences. Would we say you know? Uh, we have different titles of workshops, you know, you know, someone, you know, managing conflict or commitment and, you know, or, or happiness in your marriage. And then there's one like on finances. And it just feels like historically it's one of the least attended. Um, it's just not this, you know, the sexy, t- you know, the topic that people want to come to. And yet study after study continues to show this is an, an area where people really um, struggle I just want to get your thoughts on that. I mean, it's what you're doing right here with these little, all these little kind of short little nuggets almost of this information, putting that out there for people. Is that, is, is that what you're finding is, is effective is these short little doses instead of like this hour long, you know, seminar on managing finances because I don't want to hear it, you know, because I like the, the habits that I do. I like buying the Amazon or I like this stuff. And I don't, I know I shouldn't be doing it and I don't want anyone telling me that I shouldn't be doing it. Yes. Um, I teach family finance at BYU and kind of a similar thing where it like sounds like the boring class that no one wants to take. So I try to always um, help my students really quickly see how it applies to things they care about. Um, like budgets, for example, like a lot of people are like, ew, like I don't want a budget. Sounds so restrictive and boring. But, you know, so I try to quickly help people see that budgets are a tool to help you achieve your goals and and do what you want and actually have freedom that you you know you can spend money on these things you want to with peace of mind without stress because you've planned for it so just i guess helping people see how it can make their life better and is not boring or you know trying to get them to never have fun again <laughs> but um but again money is so indicative of what we care about um you know, how people spend their money is reflective of what they care about, whether they're being intentional or not. And so I always just, you know, in whether it's how we're managing money or what we're spending money on or how couples are handling money together in their marriage, I just try to help people be intentional about it and have the information they need to be intentional and, and really, you know, make decisions so that they have the freedom to be living the way that uh, they want to and aligns with their values. I love that. Yeah. Being able to apply that. Why, how does this matter to me and how can this make my life and our, even our relationship better? And I've got to ask this question as well. Sorry. Another question for you, Ashley. And that is um, at what point do couples, you know, talk about this? It's obviously it's not on the, on the first date and you know, Hey, how is your, how does your family spend money? You know, those types of conversations, but as things are, it's just, again, it doesn't, it feels kind of like this awkward topic. Do you have kind of this recommendation of, how you go about talking about it, when you go about talking about it? Yes. So actually very recently, uh, my awesome grad student, Matthew Saxe, and I published uh, a couple papers about this, like when couples have their first financial discussion. And we found that the, the earlier couples have that in their relationship, later when they're married, the better their marriage tends to be. So I would never want anyone to ask someone like what their credit score was, right? Or anything like really personal on a first date. Um, but money, you know, should ideally just be like another important thing that people are evaluating as they're thinking about a potential partner and whether you're a good match for each other and whether this is someone you actually want to tie yourself to. And 
So certainly, you know, there's there's some really important things I would really hope everyone talks about and knows about, you know, their partner and vice versa before committing to them. You know, like you should know each other's credit score and how much debt you have and how you budget, what your plan is for, you know, who's going to make money, like what, how are we going to figure that out? So there's lots that should be talked about, I would hope, long before marriage. But I think from even the early days of a relationship before you're getting into personal information that people would kind of already be just generally talking about money in terms of just another way you're getting to know someone and what they value and, and how they live. So, Yeah, love it. Yeah, being able to, to normalize that. Well, Ashley, we sure appreciate your your time today. What would you say is, is your takeaway of the day? We like to ask our guests, what is that one principle or point that you really want to drive home? Uh, I guess I'll just say one more time again that intentionality. So all of us can can be a, you know, a little better than than we are currently being. And so if there was something that that people heard today that they know they can do better at, just being intentional to uh, create concrete steps to to making that happen, uh, to be better in their marriages, better at their um, at being responsible with their finances, so that they can have better life, better relationships. So, yeah. yeah, just don't let your money control you and your marriage. You can control it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Beautiful. that's great. Yeah, Liz, what about you? What's your takeaway today? You know, I've always thought of money as power, right? But I love this idea of financial fidelity, even. The money is intimacy, it's trust, it's communication and values. I love that. Thank you. And you, Dave, you're, yeah. what's your greatest takeaway? I like that, that idea. Just the, the, when she talked about um, scripts, right, Ashley, you talked about this, these scripts that we all have that we may not even like really deep think about it. But as I think about my own script, you know, raised kind of two very conservative, both with money, you know, very much savers. My parents were and continued to, to scrimp and save. You know, that's where my, my script was written because that's what I, what I, how I was raised and what I saw, what I was exposed to. It doesn't mean that there's, it's only one right way, but I needed to learn to see perspective, different perspectives. And, um, but I, being able to pause and say, okay, this, this is maybe why you know, I feel the way I do about money or maybe the anxiety when I get anxious about an expensive purchase or something. Those are those underlying feelings about the values or the fear, you know, of, of if we spend it here, then we can't do this or that. So I really appreciate that, Ashley. I'm definitely a spender. My husband's definitely a saver. I don't know about you, Dave, but yeah. <laughs> we yeah. are. Is that opposites attract, Ashley? Is that why you say typically a saver, married, spender? Oh, in something. I mean, when two people come together, they're going to be opposite in something, right? So. Yeah. <laughs> and often yeah. it's money, probably so. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's been such a privilege. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Yeah. Um, Ashley, for coming on and, sh and sharing so much wisdom uh, and resources. We'll continue to point people to that. Um, LeBaron-Black.com. Uh, Is that right? Dot com. Great. Yes, that's right. Thank you. Awesome. Well, thanks to you, Ashley. Thanks to our listeners again for tuning in to another episode of Stronger Marriage Connection. We'll see you next time. And remember, it's the small things that create a stronger marriage connection. Bye-bye for now. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, do us a favor and take a few minutes to subscribe to our podcast and the Utah Marriage Commission YouTube channel, where you can watch this and every episode of the show. When you hit the like button and leave a comment, your feedback helps us improve the show. 
And don't forget to share this episode with a friend. You can also follow and connect with us on Instagram at Stronger Marriage Life and on Facebook at Stronger Marriage. Be sure to share with us what topics you want us to explore and what you loved about today's episode. If you want even more resources to improve your relationship connection, visit our website at StrongerMarriage.org where you'll find free workshops, webinars, relationship surveys, and more. Each episode of Stronger Marriage Connection is hosted and sponsored by the Utah Marriage Commission at Utah State University. And finally, a big thanks to our producers Rex Polanis and Alexis Alcott and the team at Utah State University. And you, our audience, you make this show possible. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.